Welcome back to CEO-ish Podcast. I'm Chloe. And I'm Taylor. This week, we're going to be interviewing Chicago-based skincare and wellness guru, Yuri of at Dewiest Glow on Instagram. Yuri started her Instagram page just shy of a year ago and has managed to take herself full-time as a content creator with just a little over 3,000 followers. Yes, we are very excited to chat with her today about all things influencing, but more importantly, why influencer marketing isn't taken seriously as a career, tips for both brands and influencers on how to make a mutually beneficial partnership, tips for negotiating, and more. But first, as always, we're going to do a catch-up session, and I'm so excited because Chloe and I are finally back in person recording. She was out on vacation for a little bit, and (laughs) we've been doing a bunch of batch recordings, so we're a little tired today, but I'm excited for Chloe to share about how her trip went and everything. Yes. Well, the trip was fun, got a lot of sun, it was really nice, and now I'm back home and house hunting, so that's going crazy. We put our second offer down on another house. Uh, I didn't see it, Oliver did, and I've heard it needs a lot of work, but it's basically like the ugly house in a nice neighborhood, so... She's just a bit of a fixer-upper. Yeah, she's a bit of a fixer-upper. I love, <laughs> I love the area that it's in the area is super cute so we will find out hopefully tomorrow if we get it or not i'm feeling kind of confident about our offer so we'll see how it goes i'm excited wish us luck have good natural light i have no idea but there's a huge (sighs) huge screen or not even screened in. there's a huge back porch with sliding glass doors all the way around gonna fill that bad boy with all of my plants put some nice rugs out there like some comfy some easels some easels make it real like a nice hangout area I'm really excited I I just really want that house I like I know exactly how I'm going to decorate it already (laughs) I just I just need them to accept our offer (laughs) Oliver you just have to you just have to bring yourself please don't bring your stuff yeah yeah I'll I'll incorporate it he doesn't have too (laughs) much stuff (laughs) the hardest part of living with a boy is having to maneuver your stuff around his xbox controllers and cords well, the good thing is, so it's three bedroom and there's only two of us. So one of the bedrooms would be my like art and yoga slash podcasting studio. And the other spare bedroom would be his office. So all of his stuff. Okay, hear me out. <laughs> huh? Oliver, hear me out if you're listening to this. <laughs> Chloe's podcast studio slash art room slash yoga studio. Um, You should give her the master bedroom. You guys don't need it. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, the master bedroom is cool. So there's a lot of like a lot of the homes in Grand Rapids. They all have like those arch doorways, which I love. This house has two, three of them. Super cute. Um, And they also have like the master bedroom is like the attic. So they have like the A-frame ceilings and stuff, which I love. So I just want to live there. Just someone accept our offer. It's so hard right now. Like I want you to live there. So you can have better Wi-Fi. Yeah, there's a brewery a walk away from it. I I want it for better Wi-Fi, and I want to live there because there's a brewery literally a one-minute walk from the house. Are there food trucks at the brewery? I don't know. I have high hopes for you. I also have high hopes for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm so excited. I just want someone to accept our offer, but what's new with you? Uh, well, I'm very excited. And also, I hope your offer gets accepted as well. I know it's a volatile market in the real estate world right now. So wishing you the best with that and definitely keep me posted. But as far as what's going on with me, so I think a few episodes ago, I don't know what episode it was, but I let everyone in on how bad of a month like March was. And um, with that came 
uh, I started rovering, like just dog sitting just to pick up extra money that month just to kind of like, you know, be able to pay bills and things like that. So I spent a lot of like the last week and a half just not in my own space. Mm -hmm. And it has been so chaotic. Oh, my gosh. So I'm very happy to finally be, like, back in my space and have, like, my own desk back. And, oh, I just felt very misplaced. But, yeah, it was super fun. And I got to watch a lot of cute dogs. So you can't complain about that. That's fun. Gotta love dogs. I miss having dogs in my life. (laughs) I know. But, yes. And we are getting back on track for the month of April. So, yes, just a little update. It was a... it's been a good month already, so very happy about that. But yes, no shame in the side hustle game, you guys. If you need extra money, Rover was a great way for me to make extra money. Yeah, seriously. No shame in hanging out with dogs all day and getting paid for that. Are you serious? That's awesome. And that's no awesome shame. that your business is doing better this month because you guys, yeah, like, but- honestly, you're killing it. Thank you. Well, I also want to say, too, like, on that note, no shame in just having a side hustle to fund, like, your business in general because I feel like a lot of people have shame and like oh I have to take a job that I don't necessarily want to have full-time or they feel they just feel like a lot of shame around it don't you have to fund it like Mm -hmm. you have to have funds coming in from somewhere so Mm -hmm. yeah love that (laughs) yeah well actually I'm just gonna kind of very casually slide into the product of the week because I feel like my product of the week coincides so well with um me being misplaced over the past week Mm -hmm. I am so damn happy to have my laptop stand back dude you have no idea I didn't realize how much I loved this thing until I had been misplaced without it for over a week my wrists feel it my posture feels it like every part of me is just so happy to have this laptop stand back it's off Amazon it was like I don't know 35 40 bucks something like that not super expensive very sturdy very well made very happy to have it back it's also <laughs> That's very aesthetically wrote. pleasing I just think it's adorable yes it's rose gold she matches my aesthetic she's not like a clunky piece of silver metal which if silver is your aesthetic no hate to silver it's just not I don't want silver on my desk mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no it's just super cute really love your area I love it, especially on the white desk. I have a white standing desk, and it just it's the only um, colored thing on my desk. Everything is white, and then you just have, like, the rose gold pop. It's very Ooh, pretty. fancy. I know. Love it. Well, love mine it. is what a, about you? a little less fancy, but I, if you don't know, I'm obsessed with kombuchas, and my favorite, favorite flavor is the Kavita brand. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Lavender melon kombucha. Absolutely love it. If you are like very picky with your flavors, this is one that I think most people would like. It's probably like the least kombucha-y flavor that I've found. Um, super sweet, super yummy. Just love it all the time. And every time that I go, I get it at Meyer. Every time I go there, I have to buy two because it's like a treat for myself. That's like my treat every time I go grocery shopping. It's fun. Ooh, I remember. Well, for one, I can just say Chloe is a kombucha stan. Mm -hmm. I've never seen somebody (laughs) drink more kombucha than this person. I I was on the kombucha wave for a bit. And then I feel like I had one of those moments with it where I woke up one day and I was like, why am I drinking this? I don't like this. And I just stopped. Yeah, some some of the flavors are like a bit much, I guess. I mean, I like them all. But I can see how somebody would, like, not like some of them. But the lavender melon one is almost more of, like, a sparkling juice to me than a kombucha. And it's just I think – I don't know if this is 
the same brand, but you know the I feel like everybody knows what this kombucha flavor, the Synergy one. Yeah, that one's not my favorite. It it just tastes like I'm drinking straight ginger. <laughs> yeah, don't love that. Um there's I don't remember the brand off the top of my head, but there's a Pink Lady Apple one that I get at Trader Joe's all the time and that Health one Aid. Is that the brand? Health Aid? Health Aid. Health yeah, Aid? I'm pretty sure it's in my fridge. My dad drinks a lot of kombucha. Yeah, your dad and I would get along. He likes his healthy drinks. He has those <laughs> yeah. weird wellness shots in the fridge too. I haven't tried those, but I probably I I don't know if I would like enjoy it very much, but I would like enjoy it enough to take it. I I stand and I'm willing to die on the hill that I don't think anybody enjoys taking those health and wellness shots. I think everybody is just yeah. willing to tolerate drinking <laughs> straight turmeric and I'm not. I'm it's just kinda not. Like- it's kind of like any shot of anything. Like you take it for the results and not necessarily because it tastes good. But... <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I mean, yeah, you, you, you got a point there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, do you want to give our little small bitch shout out this week? Yes. Well, I'm very happy and very excited to shout this business out. And this week's small business shout out goes to Botany Box, which is your succulent pick me up. Botany Box is a succulent gifting service that was created by Kate Kozla to give you an easier way to shop for plants and people to get excited about starting their own indoor garden and decorating it with succulents. I am in the process of getting gift boxes set up for my clients and it feels very me to give this as a gift. So I'm super excited about it. And living with plants is scientifically proven to boost your mood and improve your memory. So what is better than that? Botany Box originally began on Instagram in 2017 just to share their love of plants and connect with like-minded people as we all do when we want to join social media and look up different communities like that. And they quickly found that many of their friends and followers were interested in learning way more about bringing the green life indoors. And today they are proud to offer a variety of handmade succulent boxes and plant themed merchandise. And they plant, pack and ship everything out in Los Angeles, California. So right here in the United States. And Botany Box is also proud to be both minority and female owned. And if you are interested in shopping on Botany Box, you can find everything at botanybox.co. That's B-O-T-A-N-Y-B-O-X dot C-O. Love that. You know that we both are obsessed with plants. So we got to shout out this business. Yes. And one thing I forgot to touch on too that I meant to write down, um, but she goes and sources all of the succulents and plants that she buys from local nurseries as well. So she's also supporting other local businesses. I love that. That's awesome. I know. And they're beautiful. Like if you guys, like even if you don't plan on buying something, check out her Instagram and show her support on there because it's just beautifully done. Yes, and the plants that she picks are also very healthy if you've been to like either just the bad plant section or the blad, blad, blad. What word am I saying here today, people? I was going to say the bad plant section at Lowe's or Home Depot, Mm -hmm. just where they don't take care of the plants very well. And you can see they're on their last leg. Mm -hmm. These don't look like that. Oh, there was like a, at Meyer the last time I went, there was a, Monstera, is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Monstera, that I think it was like $70. Dying. It was dying. $70? Are you kidding me? That was ridiculous. It wouldn't th- sell for that much as a nursery. Like, honestly, go to nurseries or go go to this small business botany box. Like, because Meyer Lowe's Home Depot is not where it's at to buy your plants. 
okay, can we just have a sidebar as plant enthusiasts yes. and longtime plant enthusiasts? <laughs> yes. I'm very sad that the plant community, like I love TikTok, but I feel like TikTok is a lot of responsibility in this. There are a lot of plant brand, like variations, like the Monstera, for example, mm-hmm. that are being hiked up in price for no good reason other than the fact that they're just popular on social media right now. Like there's no mm-hmm. reason a Monstera should be $70. Like, um, okay. Just not even a Monstera, so I don't know how to pronounce this lame name, but like a pink princess phila- philodendron. That a clipping will go for like a hundred dollars. And I get there, I they're, totally get there are rare, rare plant but variations, like, yeah, but like, like, like if you if you're not into plants, you're probably like, what? But the plant market is crazy, people spend ridiculous amounts on house plants, and like they're so expensive. It's yeah, ridiculous. and just, like, <laughs> to go back to Chloe's Monstera point earlier, her talking about, like, that being $70, I had a Monstera that I bought at a local market here in the um, greater Detroit area called Eastern Market, and I got my plant – it decent-sized Monstera when I first bought her. She's, like, two – almost going on three years now, so she's got healthy, thick roots, but she was, like, 12 bucks. Yeah. 70 my ass. <laughs> yeah. That, if you're in the Detroit area and you're not going to Eastern Market, you should be. I really hope they're able to be open this year. Oh, the $2 succulent plant section is everything to me. It's just such a cute place to be. And shout out Uh, to Detroit. I think we already shouted out Detroit before, but shout out to Detroit for really pulling it together and doing better now. We love our city. It's awesome. Yeah. We love our city. Happy to see it. All right. (laughs) We love to see it. (laughs) Now that we took three detours. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know how we do on the scene. See, this is the ish part of the podcast, you guys. Yeah. Oh, actually, before we forget, so we wanted to start a new segment. Woot woot, changing it up yes. a little bit. Okay. Do, uh, we've rec- we've batch recorded a lot, you guys. Sometimes Chloe and I lose track. Chloe, do you remember if in Jen's episode, which is the one we, re- we released bleh, last week, um, if we touched on switching up the topics or... Um, the segments? I think we did. I think we did. If not, quick recap, we're going to put a little box in our stories from now on on Instagram where you guys can submit a tip of the week and then we'll shout you out if we pick yours. And that Some way it'll CEO-ish help advice. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, we'll be honest, it's hard to think of, you know, a tip every week, especially when it feels like we're not crushing it that week. The, you str- know? the struggle is real, you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's CEO-ish for a reason. <laughs> yes, and Chloe and I are falling flat on our asses on the ish part right now and not the yeah. CEO, so. Both of us, I mean, like, yeah, you're last month and me, like, I just got back from vacation and now it's house hunting and I feel like it's, like, everything but my art right now, but whatever, I'll get there. Um, but yeah, we're going to start a new segment called the Manifestation Segment. And we're yes. just going to talk about what we're manifesting for the upcoming week or month or whatever. So, yes. Taylor, do you want to kick it off? And also, I feel like we should make this a question box on our stories, too, just for you guys to share what yeah. you're manifesting, too. We all want to support each other. Let's manifest together. Yes. You know? Yeah, we want to, um, like, interact with you guys some more, our listeners. So please respond to those. Yes, we're trying so hard, you guys. I, Chloe and I each manage, like, 
I want to say no less than three to four Instagram <laughs> accounts, like in addition to this podcast. So we're really out here trying to be more engaged. Mm-hmm. I just have five other places I also need to be with regards to social <laughs> media. So I promise we're trying. But yes, we want to talk to you guys. We want to hear about your business goals. We want to manifest with you. We want to help support you and get you to where mm-hmm. you guys want to go as well. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, Chloe, what are you manifesting right now? Okay, right now it's to do with house hunting. I am manifesting that tomorrow we get told that our offer was accepted and we can start putting in some work on this house. I'm so excited. I'm really hoping. I'm manifesting this for you. And you. you probably have no idea, but do you know how fast you would be able to move in? They say closing is about 30 days. Um the bathroom needs to be torn apart and redone before we move in. So we probably wouldn't really move in until June. Our lease in Kalamazoo ends at the end of July. So I'm planning on being here till the end of the lease anyway, just because I don't want to leave my job until I have to, because I love it. Um, A remodel sucks, but actually that's kind of nice though, because you guys can just like slowly move things over mm -hmm. as needed, you know, like there's no pressure to rent like movers in an entire weekend and spend like eight grand trying to get everything up and running just because you have to do things so quickly, you know? Yeah, no, most likely like if we, so if they accept our offer, it'll be 30 days till close and then we will probably be there every single weekend until we move there just doing work because it really needs a lot of work. Everything it's a smoking home, so it smells like cigarettes. So floors need to be revarnished, walls need to be painted, everything like filters need to be replaced. It's on Chloe top of needs like, to get some essential oil diffusers up in that bitch. <laughs> yes, I have um, a Native American friend, so I'm gonna have her come over and sage my house. <laughs> That's Hopefully, sweet. That'll wait, help like she bit. like a traditional ceremony, like where she's actually like saging and blessing your home. Yeah, yeah. Cause, I love that. Like. You're not supposed to do that if you're not Native American. It's a closed practice. And so I'm not going to, but I'm going to have ask her to come over and do it for me. <laughs> no, I, I totally get like the whole cultural mm-hmm. appropriation thing. But I think that's super sweet that she like is going to do it for you, you know? Yeah. Oh, I haven't asked, but I'm sure she will. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I'm sure I don't see why not. <laughs> oh, well, I'm manifesting that she's asking or she's going to do it for you because I think you. that would be super sweet. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so what are you manifesting this week? Oh, okay. This is a podcast listeners heard it first situation. Ooh. And I feel like this has been a very long time coming. And those of you who have had private DMs, like the real ones know in my DMs that this has been a long time coming for me. But if I put it out into the world, this is this means it actually has to happen. Um, at the end of May, yes, I'm putting it out at the end of May. Um, I'm releasing my first course, and I'm very excited yes. about it. Oh and my gosh, Marley, I'm so excited. I am too. I, I'm putting a lot of hard work into it. Um, that my Instagram, uh, socially tailored Instagram, has taken a back burner this month, and that is because Marley and I have just been going ham on the back end of this course trying to get everything set up I've been recording Marley has been designing um I've been going through I still so if you're an entrepreneur and you create digital courses or you do anything with regards to that um you know there's all these different hosting platforms Mm -hmm. in which you can take courses and uh Kajabi seems like the way to go it is just the cream of the crop in terms of online hosting platforms but the thought of spending like $200 a month on software makes me want to cry so that's insane 
software is that insane, is insane. <laughs> i know like i i could vomit at the cost oh my of gosh. kajabi but it does a lot of things like it would handle email marketing it would handle like it'd be like almost kind of like a whole shopify site where it would be like yeah. it would manage the e-commerce so there's a lot that's included with it but oh that price tag oh well that part aside that is super exciting i'm so excited I'm for you excited. oh my thank gosh thank you thank you that's but awesome yeah, there's gonna wait. be a I'll, lot that's included a, with it i'll make a graphic so we can put it on our uh ceo-ish instagram too Shout oh you're out. so cute i'm so excited that's awesome yes i um just been doing a lot of research and you know a lot of everything I've done with social media and particularly paid ads and a lot of the career pivots I've made with regards to taking my social media agency to be like just full blown paid ads. Mm-hmm. Because for those of you who don't know, I um, got my start with social media. I just offered absolutely everything. I did organic. I did paid. I did whatever the fuck I could to get mm-hmm. a job, you know, um, until I figured out, you know, what my realm of expertise was. And one thing I've learned throughout my years of talking with other business owners is how complicated Facebook ads is for people that don't know anything about the platform. Like they're just like, they're like, I'm, I'm the business owner. I'm the one trying to market everything. I know I'm supposed to be doing this, but I just don't know how, and I'm trying to help those people. So I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be really good. I love that. That's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I'm very excited. So yeah, more to come on that, but it should be more details will be out around that around the end of May. So yes, I am manifesting a successful AF launch. That's what I'm going with. That's the long full circle story here, you guys. (laughs) Yes. Love it. All right. Now that we've rambled on for 20 minutes, should we introduce Yuri? Well, I think we kind of did that at the beginning of this. So I'm just going to say roll the music and we'll see you guys on the other side of this interview. (laughs) Welcome, Yuri. We are so excited to dive into all things influencing with you. Can you please tell our audience a little bit about yourself and how you got started in your journey with content creation? Of course. Hello. Hello. Um, Only just by like really I think how everyone approaches it which is just sharing the things that you like and sharing what you love and just sort of including like yourself and like the different communities whether like some people prefer interior design some people prefer fashion you know some people like are like total plant mommies like me like you really just kind of fall into it by accident and then um you know, brands start approaching you for PR and then some brands start approaching you about money and then uh, the floodgate just kind of opens. So it was a very organic process for you then? Definitely. I feel like I just I just started sharing about like my experience with like shitty mineral sunscreens. Ooh, can I curse? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. No, yes. this oh, is a very... Okay. <laughs> sorry but yeah I just started sharing about my experience with like different sunscreens and like products that I loved and just um like showing my face a little bit more and then like a little bit of my body just kind of giving people like an idea of like me in real life and then it just sort of fell like that how long have you actually been creating content now then um I have been creating content for I hit my one year in March and you've already surpassed 3,000 followers yeah that's insane wow that's insane thank you yeah it was it's been a year and it's been really fun and like I've been like actively um like 
doing ads for about like eight months now. So I think that's really exciting too. Yes, I have been seeing you all over. I mean, obviously we follow each other and I keep up with all of your stuff, but I see and get those ads with you in them. And that's been incredible to see too, because you know, micro influencers and especially nano influencers with our smaller followings, we provide a lot of value and we can bring in a lot of sales and conversions, but brands just don't value us the same way because, you know, everybody wants the big numbers, the high engagement, things like that. And it's just amazing to see the amount of success you've had and especially the way you've been able to position yourself too, because not a lot of influencers of your size figure it out and figure out how to navigate those conversations with brands. So it's just so amazing to see how far you've come in the quick one year you've started, you know? Oh, thank you. And I feel like I, I'm, I'm going to like preface this, but just saying that like my opinion on like anything content creation or like influencer marketing or like engaging with like brands and like partnerships and relationships like it's not like the view of everyone and I feel like I have to say that because there's some things that like I'm like to answer questions like I'm going to say and people are going to be like what you do that and I'm like it's just my approach take your own approach and I feel like for me getting into this and like just being really really confident is why I feel like I've gone where I'm at now and like not like I guess like not taking no for an answer. I respect that so much. And, you know, we are all about giving your own brutal, honest opinion here on the CEO-ish podcast too. So don't be afraid to share your opinion in that regard. Not everybody has to agree with you. And we like to do things different over here. So your opinions are welcome. And this is a safe space for you. I love that. (laughs) All right. Well, I will let Chloe kind of transition because we definitely want to dive into more of influencing as a career and being a heavy Mm female-dominated industry. Yeah. You know, everybody knows influencing is a career that is fairly new and very, very heavily female dominated. And it's, you know, for those two reasons that it's not really taken seriously as a real job, even though these people are spending hours of their times just on one post. Um, We would love to hear your thoughts on this issue and any tips you might have for other influencers who might be struggling to be taken seriously. It sounds like you've done a great job of that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I think content creation and like influencer marketing isn't taken like as seriously as it should be is because a lot of people are kind of uncomfortable with the idea that like, you know, I can like make money off of my face. I can make money off of like the selfies that I take and like I don't have to be in a magazine or be a model to be successful you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I like recently I've had people like with if you've seen my Instagram recently then you know that I've been taking part of like the uh the do skin forever IMS challenge I've had multiple people messaging me like asking like do you have an affiliate code because I want to buy this me no but (laughs) yes you know like I want to buy this and so I'm like that's like the power and like the weight that you hold that your opinion can hold sometimes and so I feel like people just I think they don't understand that like it is a real job and it can be very lucrative and it is like you can be really really successful Let's mm-hmm. let's talk about all that goes into one post because you guys, I used to work in an ad agency. I've been very clear about my career path from the start and you know influencers are of huge value to brands because A, they're tapped into their own unique audiences and their audiences respond so well to them. But on top of that, production and creative agencies, when you're booking like a full-blown production agency that like shoot, say, Super Bowl commercials, those are thousands and thousands of dollars, you guys. Like 
10K, 30K, the amounts that brands will pay mm-hmm. these inf- like big production agencies is insane. So the fact that influencers aren't paid is it's a crime, honestly. So let's talk about all that goes into like creating just one post because it can take upwards of, like Chloe said, two hours, or sometimes it can be multiple reshoots and span across a couple of days. Yes. I like it's it, sometimes it's so frustrating because if you're like me and you're depending on natural sunlight, like you may not have that if it's fall and the Midwest sun. Yes. Yes. Like absolutely no sun. So. Like with content creation and all the work that goes into it, you can be the talent, the manager negotiating the contract. You can be the accountant, negoti- like take, making sure that you're keeping track of all your invoices, making sure that you know how much taxes you have to take out. You, ha- you can be the videographer, the person who has to film everything. You can be the audio specialist if they want to add music to the video because they're not going to add the music. You have to do every single thing as a content creator and you're wearing multiple hats, which is why I think it's so important to fight for like payment and be like as like firm as you can on on the amount that you're setting because it's a lot of work and sometimes it really does like it can take like a whole week just for you to shoot a 30 second reel or a TikTok and you need to be thoroughly compensated for your time and it gets so frustrating trying to like kind of like be a voice for like content creators because it's like I I deserve as much money like you're spend they're spending literally nothing in like in the grand scheme of things so it's like you deserve more and then what like they're offering of like you know the product or like two hundred dollars for like six videos you know for sure and actually I would love to talk to you more about gifted opportunities because I I think you and I can both agree that when we talk about these things we are talking about big name brands that have no reason not to pay their influencers but how are do you feel in particular towards more smaller local businesses that maybe don't have the budget to do influencing or influencer marketing I should say but do want to do influencer partnerships because they see the benefit in it how do you feel about gifted product in that way and how do you t- now being at the point you're at work in gifted opportunities with your career? Um, I personally like I've, I've recently got gifted some products in exchange for a post because it was from like a um, website like store market marketplace. I think that's the word um, that had like a bunch of like bougie and expensive products that I've always wanted to try that I was like, I'm not going to spend my money on that. So that was something that I thought I was like, OK. I'll take like the PR in exchange for a post, but if it's like a smaller, more niche and indie brand, like if for me, in my opinion, I just feel like if I feel like really inclined to, and I like actually see value within the product, because sometimes I just feel like it's a brand that like just kind of wants to like get one over on you. And even if they are smaller, it's just kind of like, I've even had brands, you know, offer me a hundred dollars. Like that's literally all we have. And you know, if I actually, like see a value behind the brand their ethos their products you know see like if they're actually putting like anything into their own marketing because me being a representation of that brand as well as by extending my name to them is important to me to make sure that I'm not just taking something on that like just isn't going to make me look good nor is it going to make the brand look good so I think just kind of doing your research about the brand and I'm fine with accepting PR from a smaller brand but if they have something else like to offer like in exchange then that's always really nice too this is true and you don't accept every gifted offer sent your way correct fuck no like I I turned down so much PR because I have so much stuff I'm like I don't want any more free product I'm sorry but I don't want any more free product I want to check yeah, free product mm-hmm. doesn't pay my electricity bill. 
Yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> and, you know, okay, do you have any tips for maybe smaller brands on how they can make, if they only can offer gifted product, how can they make these partnerships more mutually beneficial? Because, you know, again, I know you're gifting me free product, but I need the product anyway to do my job, to shoot the content. So that's exactly. kind of a given anyways. So how can these brands make more mutually beneficial partnerships when they're on limited influencer marketing budgets? How would you as an influencer like to be approached? I would like to be approached with a personalized message, not like a hi babe or like a <laughs> dear like hey girl. Oh, like yeah, like hi sweetie. And I'm just like, no, like my name is in my bio for a reason. Like that's the least you could do like when you approach me about it. But um I think for me it's really just about how that brand comes across and um because I've accepted PR in the past, like from like smaller brands, like I had absolutely no problem with it because, you know, their product packaging, I liked it, you know, their, our views aligned. And so I feel like it's really just, um, I think in, for me, at least, it's just like the way that like that brand's Instagram looks like if their Instagram looks like they're taking the time to plan out their post and they have like similar like type of style and like I feel like I would actually fit with their feed and not just be like you know like a random just like post because like you know like I don't like to like gas myself up if you're like oh I'm doing this glow you know like flip my weave and shit but just like I'll do it for you (laughs) no like I literally I'm just like you know like I don't want them to just be like oh we have this person on our Instagram so our brand is valid you know like not like that at all but just I guess uh, I don't really have an answer for this. I just, I feel like it just, I kind of just pick and choose. And if like, I'm like, I don't really like need another toner, then sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's totally fine. You know, everybody has their own process. And I think what works for one person isn't going to necessarily work for another. So I just like to see and hear from different influencers on what their perspective is with that. Right. And help. I love being able to like try new products and put people onto a smaller brand and um, like gain exposure for that brand. But I also think that for smaller brands, I think it's best for them to get with someone like a social media manager to really kind of give them an idea. I agree with that, too. Mm -hmm. And okay, at what point in your influencing career did you actually start charging for your like for stuff and not just accepting PR and, you know, making this an Instagram hobby and turning it into your full career. Because you are a full-time content creator now, aren't you? Yes, ma'am. Hell That's yes. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I'm currently paying like school and debt, so I'm not reaping the benefits of all my money, but I'm doing the best that I can. Um, <laughs> we I, all are. Um, I want to say like, it was really like it happened really fast because I've only been doing this for a year so like I don't I think um I got my first ad with youth to the people in Soko Glam I think like in August of last year and ever since then like I've just had one consistently like monthly uh I youth to the people is one of Chloe and I's favorite brands we talk about them all the time (laughs) I love your ads for them. You fit their aesthetic to a T. It's so perfect for you. Mm -hmm. So it's no secret that minority groups such as BIPOC are not only offered less opportunities for paid posts, but they're also facing a harder time negotiating a rate that is comparable to their white creators with similar followings and engagement rates. We'd like to Mm -hmm. take this opportunity to let you speak on this manner and how it has affected your work. I've definitely had brands who have approached me and I know that they're contacting me for diversity clout 
just because it's once again it's about like the way that they're like addressing me in email the way that like when I am like trying to negotiate a contract it's kind of just like a lot of a micro aggressive like tones even like over email and I just kind of feel like when it's okay this is safe you can say what you need to (laughs) say (laughs) I'm just trying to think because it's just like the pay disparity between all of like BIPOC creators like I'm constantly reaching out to other creators just be like what did this how did this brand treat you how were they with negotiation how long did negotiation take did they lowball you with the initial offer or did they ask you what you wanted like I'm constantly asking other creators what their experiences were whether they're BIPOC or white like I'm always asking like what was your experience and how did this go for you because I think that when we have an open line of communication in between each other is when we can actually like go about the pay disparity disparity between all of us in a positive way instead of being like coming at this brand and calling them trash all over social media and being able to actually help one another and getting more money and getting more money for all influencers. I, love I that. couldn't agree more with that. Yeah, when I oh, was go ahead, Chloe. when I was writing the questions, looking up about that, there was a lot of people talking about how, as an influencer, you know, it you don't have coworkers that you can talk to and get their opinion on. So that is a great tip for other influencers to reach out to other people, and it sounds like they're willing to talk to you and be open about that. So that's really awesome, and it would be hard not having somebody that you're working with that you can talk to and bounce your ideas off of to even have a guess at what a fair price would be. For sure, and I just wanted to add on to that too. I love that you brought this up because. One thing I always try to be super, people say it's taboo to talk about, but I talk about money all the time. I post income reports. I'll talk about money with anybody if they have a question. Like if people want to ask me my rates, because again, this is how we all stick together and how we all make sure we're not getting lowballed because it's not fair, you know, just because one influencer maybe has 10,000 more followers than me doesn't mean we're not doing the same level and quality of work, you know? Exactly. And if you are doing anything with like being a content creator, then you already know that like the following genuinely doesn't matter. Like it feels good to be like, Oh shit. Like I got a concert hall worth of people that follow me. Like that's amazing. But like, it's all about coming down to the engagement and whether people are actually liking what you're posting and actually like seeing value in what you're sharing. And then that is what the brands really care about. When you have people who have 10 K and like are getting the same likes as you, I'm like, you have 10 K. We shouldn't be getting the same engagement, you know? Ah, that drives me insane when I see that. (laughs) I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. Cause you know, like you said, I might have a concert audience full of people, but guess what? Those concert full, like sized audience of people are ready to buy. Yeah. It's not just top of funnel activity here. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm so happy you brought this up. I'm I'm so happy we are having this conversation with you because when I saw your Instagram stories, by the way, you guys, this entire episode was inspired by a mini rant. I saw Yuri post on her Instagram story and I just messaged her and I was like, do you want to come on the podcast and go off? Like, I was so excited. I'm I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But kind of transitioning. Um, actually, I completely lost my train of thought here for a second. Hang on. Sticking <laughs> with the problems that the industry has when dealing with race, we'd like to talk to you a little bit more about the Black Lives Matter movement that was seen all over social media last year. I don't even want to say last summer because it was just the entirety of last year. Mm-hmm. And brands who haven't worked with BIPOC before were finding themselves grasping for 
any form of diversity they could get in their marketing, whether it made sense to do it or not. And unfortunately, this led to a lot of brands asking for work and input from BIPOC creators that they were not willing to pay for. And we would just like to know your opinions on this. And if you have any advice for other influencers that might be experiencing these same type of microaggressive offers from brands without any benefit to them. I always say just like do your own research and connect with your other creators because I can guarantee that there's always going to be like an issue with like this brand no matter how big it is like there's always going to be like how big the brand is like there's always going to be someone's going to always have something to say they're like oh like I had this like weird interaction with them or oh like their representative was kind of being a little microaggressive in what she was saying and like telling me that like you know like I'm not worth my rate or something that gets me really like tight as fuck is when brands tell me oh my rate is not what they're even paying other creators I'm like well, I'm not another creator. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm not another creator. I'm me and you're contacting me for me. And then like, I don't even want to work with them anymore. And you know, they end up like kind of like squabbling and just like, oh, no, 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 no. And I'm like, no, I don't need your money that much for you to like try to compare me to someone else and like devalue my work and like my creativity. You can really tell how a brand is going to treat you, especially like in regards to Black Lives Matter. And when like all these brands seem to just be kind of doing pretending to do everything to sort of sweep up all these black creators. Like I at this time, like I had just started getting paid and I had also, you know, just started like getting a lot of PR and a lot of attention from other brands. And my email was constantly full from like just like all these like like when I say random, I mean like random ass like homemade brands, big drugstore brands, like it was just sort of everywhere. And I just knew that I was just like, it's just because I'm black and they want that face on their feed because people are going to tell them that you're not diverse enough. And I just feel like you can kind of tell. So when that, at that time when that was happening, I was just like, nah, like I'm going to take a step back and only truly work with the brands that I personally connect with and that I can personally like actually and genuinely vouch for. And I think that's something that like I would recommend for creators to do is to actually work with brands that like you use and work with brands that you've done your research on and work with brands that you think you could actually stand behind because I think that's what all of like the content creation is about it's not just like taking whatever money is coming at you it's about actually using something and sharing it and supporting it I I think one of the most badass things about you is that you are comfortable enough to walk away from a brand, even if it involves, quote unquote, leaving money on the table. You're comfortable enough with yourself and your content and who you are as a creator to walk away if it's not serving you. And I I admire you for that in so many ways. Fuck yes, because that's another thing that like um, I did a live on newness like a month ago and um the whole thing was just about like brand partnerships and negotiation and, and like, and then like PR in exchange for content creation. And I just told them all, I was just like, this is my opinion. And if you feel uncomfortable in like, you know, leaving money on the table, that's, you know, that's fine. But you have to get comfortable with saying no, you have to get comfortable with actually being like, I'm only accepting play collaborations right now, or your money isn't enough for me. That's not even going to cover, you know, my gas for the month. You have to get comfortable, especially if you want to be paid and that's what you want. If you want pre free product, that's fine. But there's going to come a point where 
you got too much shit. Like my kitchen table is full behind me. I have a shelf that's full. Like I have products literally everywhere. And I'm like, I don't need anything else. I give away like bags of stuff to my family because I have so much product. I need money. I need funds. I need coins. I need compensation to actually, you know, pay my bills to, you know, like with being a content creator, I've been able to put new tires on my car. And if you drive an SUV, you know how expensive tires are. Um, I about so- <laughs> cried when the dealership told me that each of my tires was going to cost me between four and 600 on my SUV about cried. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, like it's expensive. So you have to get confident and comfortable and be resilient in the fact that not every brand is going to want to pay you, but you got to be cool with that. And just know that like, there's going to be like six more that come behind. They're going to ask you for more free shit, but you have to get comfortable and saying no. And as soon as you do, that's when more paid opportunities come in. Because as soon as I said that I was done accepting PR, more paid opportunities started coming. And that's the only opportunities that I accept. I love that because I am very much a your vibe attracts your tribe, so to speak. I don't like that Mm -hmm. expression, but (laughs) if you're going to just keep like accepting PR, those are the only types of opportunities you're going to get. But if you are accepting paid offers and you're going to attract the brands that are offering that because if they see other brands think you're worth investing in, they're going to want the same thing. Exactly. And that's literally exactly what happens. I love that. Exactly what happens. Oh, this is such a good conversation. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm so happy. And okay, one thing I also want to touch on, too, is just in general, this is this could probably be a whole separate podcast episode. But do you have any tips (laughs) for influencers who are having a hard time kind of transitioning from that gifted opportunity to the paid opportunity? Like they've built up the relationship with the brand. They've accepted a couple partnerships with them on a gifted basis, but they want to turn it into a paid opportunity. Do you have any wise words for those people? Um. See, this is where I'm like, this isn't the opinion of all content creators. This is solely my opinion. But I personally, <laughs> I, I'm i not someone who prioritizes building relationships with a brand just because some brands that I've worked with consistently, like you to the people being one of them, I just feel really comfortable with negotiating with them and letting them know that like what they initially offer me, like if they wanted to initially send me product in exchange, I would just let them know that um, I'm not accepting that and kind of move on forward. I don't really think that I personally don't think brand relationships are that important. And I know for like people who are like, Oh, well, how do I even like get them to send me products? Like, you know, I went about it the way of like posting it and just, they were like, Oh, we would love to send you more stuff. Some people like pitch and I suck at pitching. Anytime that I tried to pitch to a brand, they like flat out denied me and I was like, cool, pitching's not my thing. But um, everyone finds their thing. I think mm-hmm. media kits are useless. I made a media kit and every time I pitch a brand, I never end up using it. <laughs> but they, a lot yeah. of people swear you need a media kit. I, I think media kits are cool. I just, I think don't include your um, rates in your media kit. Include everything except your rates because rates should always be like a sliding scale and they should always be increased in my opinion. But um, yes. I guess just like, uh, I don't, I'm really bad at like answering questions, but I think. No, you're doing great. This is yeah, such this is valuable information, seriously. I think that if you want to like negotiate like PR into money, just say it. I think being as honest and as straightforward as you can is really the best thing that you can do. And I think people see like brand relationships as like, oh, like, you know, I don't want to hurt their feelings or I don't want to piss them off or I don't want to make them feel like I'm asking for too much. There's literally no thing is too much because it's 
a business relationship. And I think that a lot of people kind of get that confused because when you're content creating, you're on social media, you're putting yourself out there and they include themselves within that. But you also have to remember that if you are trying to make your Instagram into a business, you have to think about it as a business and know that like, you know, this brand is looking at you strictly from a business side and you have to keep that relationship that way. So if you are trying to negotiate PR into like money as a form of conversation, just be straightforward. And if they say no, they say no move on because they will circle back to you. I promise. I'm so happy you said that because again, as someone who used to work brand side, I don't want your 10 foot long email. Just get straight to the point and tell me what you want. So I can tell you if your numbers match like that, that was all I wanted. I didn't want to read the backstory. I didn't care. I have 500 emails a day. People like that's realistically the person you're emailing, trying to get something from has between three and 500 emails every single day. And they don't want to read a paragraph long or a mile long email that keep it short and sweet and be direct, be straightforward, direct, kind, and, you know, come from a place of authenticity. Like you actually like the brand and the product, not just, oh, I saw other influencers using you and now I want to get in on this because that happens right. all the time. But I, <laughs> I agree with you in the direct, straightforward approach. Nope. I agree entirely. Nothing can go wrong. No one's feelings are going to get hurt. And I think I see a lot of people, especially um, content creators who are younger, like a lot of them are like, oh, did I piss them off? And I'm just like, no. Like It's a business transaction. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, so do you have, okay. Do you have any opinions on, because um, I know some influencers feel like once they've worked with a brand, like on a gifted basis, they're never going to be able to turn it into a paid opportunity. Have you been able to do this successfully? Yes. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of an example. Um I don't want to sound like self-absorbed because I'm trying to think I'm like I do so many like ads but I'm like have I had like an opportunity where I turned it gifted or honestly I think when brands like most brands initially are like oh we would love to gift you this in exchange for content and my response is well I don't do that like I don't say it like that but I'm like well to respond with you your know? rates yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yes yes I respond with my rates I'm just like these are my rates for this type of content if you are interested in that I would love to do that and we move from there and they can say yes or they can say no and that's pretty much it. Okay. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good advice. So our last and favorite question, what is your go-to self-care product under $50? Sunscreen. <laughs> um, sunscreen. Do you have a brand I you would recommend? Mm-hmm. I just probably just like, um, well. You can crazy. list multiples. You are the dewiest <laughs> after all. I know. Like I'm thinking and I'm just like, I use so many. Um, probably like Crave Beauty. The oh. Beat Shield. Yes. An amazing SPF that I haven't purchased in a while, but it's a really, really, really good one that's really simple. And I think that's a great way to get people like into sunscreen if they don't wear sunscreen every day. You haven't it's purchased it in a while because it's been infinitely out of stock for months. Oh, see, I haven't even noticed just like not to like shit on Crave Beauty or anything, but I had an experience with them that wasn't my favorite. So I haven't really been supporting them. <laughs> oh, Okay. No, that's fine. Everyone has their own experiences. Trust me. Like it's fine. You know? Exactly. So where can our followers find you on social media? You can find me at Deweyest Glow, D-E-W-I-E-S-T-G-L-O-W on Instagram. I have TikTok, but I don't want nobody over there yet. So (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny. I love that you're not on all platforms too, because I, I tried to be the Twitter, the Instagram, the Pinterest. It didn't work out for me. I'm I'm on IG. Find me on IG, people. <laughs> yes. And I just feel like Twitter is not my thing. Like I get too I, heated I'm, on Twitter. I'm too opinionated for I'm, Twitter. That's what I'm saying, too, because I'm just like, I, I don't have 
And I also, I don't want all of the content I consume to just be skincare, you know? Like, yeah. I need to have funny, yeah. like, my memes and stuff, too. I, I completely agree with that. It's a balance. <laughs> yes. All right. If you guys would like to keep up with us, you can follow us at CEO-ish Podcast. And if you want to keep up with us personally, you can follow me at ChloeW.Art. And if you would like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at TayGramBiz. That's B-I-Z. And if you're interested in all social media content, you can follow my agency page at Socially Tailored. Yuri, thank you so much for being on our podcast and having this amazing conversation with us about the influencer marketing industry. And thank you all for tuning into this episode. And we will see you next Wednesday. 